Welcome to the Platform Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Kundi wright founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy habits. I know how hard that can be because I've struggled and succeeded to varying degrees throughout my life, but I've lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for over a decade now. The key for me was discovering my passion for lifting weights and kettlebell sport. On this podcast, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, experts, and everyday people about kettlebells, fitness programming, nutrition, mindset, making an impact, and generally striving to grow and leave a legacy of positive change. Please join me. Welcome into the Platform Podcast. This is episode four, and on this episode, I have Cam Koenig. He is a Canadian kettlebell sport athlete. He held the long cycle record for Canadian lifters. He might still hold the record. We're not quite sure, but we'll talk about that. And he also is a uh, is an iron worker by day, so working a manual labor job and also finding time to train on top of that. So, Cam, thanks for coming in, man. Hey, how's it going? Good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I I've never done anything like this before, so uh, a little excited, a little nervous, but uh, we'll give it our best shot, right? I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I'll, we'll we'll have some fun. It'll be good. Anything that we yeah. anything that we mess up, we can always edit out and post. So don't worry about it. Oh, all right. <laughs> Perfect. We don't want to make you do too much of that, though. So. Uh, yeah, I don't do very much of it. I'm not gonna uh, lie. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. So so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where where did you grow up? So I grew up in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, uh, in a nice little area. We're like 45 minutes outside of Toronto, but with like our traffic is insane here. So you, you're lucky to get there in an hour, an hour and a half. But anyways, yeah, just outside of Toronto. Um, I played a little bit of hockey, but nothing high level. I was listening to your intro. Like I, I didn't play any high level sports, just, uh, you know, hub, that kind of thing for hockey. I skateboarded here and there, snowboarding, all that kind of thing. And then, uh, yeah, as I grew up, I uh, got into weightlifting a bit in, later in high school because um just kind of seemed to be the thing to do, right? But I, I never really got into it, got into it uh, until college. And then that's kind of where I started getting more into, like, athletic endeavors because uh, before that, I, my lung collapsed when I was born, actually. So I've had asthma my whole life and, like, oh, wow. really, you know, intense sports stuff. I kind of, like, almost bo- – now, now I realize I, I let myself believe that I couldn't do it, if that makes any sense. Like I, I, I let myself think that, oh, this is, this is super limiting because, and I'll never be able to really be great at anything kind of because like I have asthma. Right. So, you know, that means you're, you're super limited or whatever. So, um, then I kind of got into powerlifting in college with a bunch of guys. And then that actually led to Muay Thai somehow. And then eventually, you know, you, you kind of start pushing past the thresholds, right? And then, like, I was I was pretty overweight the whole time because I was on uh, prednisone my whole life. It's like uh, yeah, uh, corticosteroid. corticosteroid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was ta- I, I remember, like, I still remember the taste of eating them as a kid and the applesauce and stuff like that, right? And I uh, just, you know, grew up overweight my whole life. So, like, and, you know, that's... So how how t- how tall are you? 
And and I'm when about you say five ten. Okay. And, and when you say was, overweight, what what were you what were you weighing? Oh, I have my heaviest. Like I, I remember I went to the doctor and I I was I thought I was two thirty. You know what I mean? How you kind of estimate what your weight before you're because you're scared to step on the scale, right? I I, I don't know. I was anyways. <laughs> I, I, yes, I I, I can re- I can relate, brother. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I was really heavy my whole life, and so finally I got to college. I. And I stepped on the scale for the first time and like, I, man, it had to be four years, five years, you know? And I thought I was 230 pounds. Like I looked at myself, I was like, yeah, I'm 230. You know, you you just assume I stepped on the scale. I was like 282. I remember, I'll never forget that. And uh, I was, so I'm 5'10", I'm 282. And my doctor's just like, you know, your, your asthma is bad because you're 300 pounds, you know, like that's back when doctors were, I feel they're not as curt anymore. You know, like I feel they don't, uh, they're, they're not as forward anymore. My doctor at the time was like, you know, you have asthma and you have asthma attacks a lot. And he's like, and that's probably why. So, yeah, you got mass on top of your lungs, right? That's, yeah, yeah. And like sleeping was uncomfortable. And, you know, I was just super unhealthy. I have eczema. Like I, st- I still have these conditions like a bit, but like they're nowhere near as bad as they were. And, you know, you just kind of get a reality check when you when you first when you, you step on that scale, and then the next thing you know, you you see a picture. You know, social media is starting to come around, right? It's college, first year of college, I think. Facebook came out, and you're starting to see pictures of yourself, um, candidly, right? Yeah. yeah. Where you don't you don't know that this picture is coming, and you can't turn your right way. You know, you can't suck in as as quick as you thought you could. Yeah, you get the picture right? of somebody snapped at the bar, and you're like, oh crap. Is Whoa, that that's what I look like. like eh? Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. And like, you know, you're the fun loving guy, like you can booze because you're 300 pounds. Right. So you're just kind of the fun loving party guy, you know, and it's, it's, it's fun for a time or whatever, but you really do feel like a lot more unhealthy. So I ended up meeting Cheryl kind of around the end of college. And I like, I had kickbox all through college, but I just like, and I did a, a couple smokers and stuff like that, which are just like fights in the gym. Uh, but everybody was just juiced to the gills, right? Like you're, you're, I was 280, so I was heavyweight, right? Like I I was stepping on the scale and like, you know, I, after the doctor, I started, so like I started cutting weight, but I got down to like maybe two sixties, you know, and like, I still fighting guys who are six, four and like everybody's, you know, there's no testing or anything for, for low league Muay Thai. So you get beat up a bit. And then I was kind of like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I should probably lose some weight. Right. So I'm yeah, not. You need to get into the light heavy at least. Well, yeah. Well, in reality, I probably should have been like light, like 55 at the most, right? But anyways, that's beside the point because uh, one time I ended up getting rocked and I went back to the house I lived in the year before at college. And I was like, okay, I, I think I'm going to give this up. You know, I don't think this is for me. Maybe that's, you know, like maybe my head isn't just built to be, to be hit, right? So... <laughs> I uh, kind of got back into powerlifting a bit, CrossFit a bit. And then um, I ended up meeting my now, I guess, common-law wife, wife, Cheryl. And she and I were both still pretty overweight. I think I was like 250 at this point, I'm trying to lose weight like the doctor told me. But uh, she, you know, she she wasn't like huge or anything, but she wanted to lose weight too, right? So we both kind of started looking into stuff. And she's like, hey, there's this kettlebell club in Guelph, which is a town – like maybe again, 45 minutes outside of Hamilton, but just not, uh, which was my hometown. And 
but just not uh, the same way as Toronto. And it was just this, it was in this warehouse. It was really neat. These guys had like a ton of competition kettlebells and it was a donation based class because they were, um, they were through a church, I guess. And so their space was donated and everything was donation, which was really neat. So I remember I held a 16 kilo bell, a single one for a single minute. And I was like, whoa, like that, you know, how long was that? Like four or five minutes? And he's like, no, that was a minute. I was like, oh, wow. Right. He's like, the pro guys do this with double that plus another one. And I just like, I couldn't believe it was real. You know what I mean? Like when you first hold them and they tell you what the pro guys do, like, I don't know. I, I just, I couldn't believe it when they told me what they do. Right. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, no, I, I got, uh, I got a, a similar, a similar, but less, uh, less gentle introduction. Uh, yeah. you know, I came, I came in pretty, pretty cocky. Uh, and, right. and, and, uh, the guy, the guy that, that first introduced me to bells, he was, he was a, a Marine. Uh, okay. he, was, he was my boss at lifetime fitness and he, he had introduced me to, to the bells. And of course he had the RKC, uh, RKC bells and everything. And, and he, he got me going on the, on the, the 24s. Uh, right. and, and he was like, yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're big and in shape. Right. So, you know, you, you said you want to try the kettlebell sport thing. That's 10 minutes with, with double 24s. I got two 24s right here. Let's, let's see what you can do in 10 minutes. Right. Right. (laughs) And so, so I was doing double, double long cycle 24s uh, with, and, and I just went at it completely balls to the wall, like no concept of pace whatsoever, because at this point I was, you know, I was, I was powerlifting as well. And I, you know, I was, I was totaling in the, in the 1500 range on, on my totals. And uh, I could, I could power power clean about 300 and 315 pounds to clean and jerk. And so, so I thought I was pretty right. big and strong. And so I was like, Oh, these are, these are light. You know, I picked them up. I was like, Oh, these aren't that, these aren't that bad, but I had no endurance at all. I was completely anaerobically trained, no cardio at all, no technique. And I just went balls to the wall and I made it about six minutes in and, and then like literally had to put the bells down and collapsed on the floor and started like seeing spots. And then I had to get up. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to puke. Like I literally had, I literally had to run out of the gym where I was a personal trainer at and run outside yeah. to go throw up. And that was my oh, introduction. To kettle, that was my introduction to kettlebell sport. And of course, Matt, the guy who, who introduced me to kettlebells just laughing. I mean, he's, he is just rolling, dying, laughing. He thought it was the funniest thing, you know, cause I came in so cocky, like for sure, I'm going to finish 10. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, it's, that's mind over matter. You know, and I, I can get yeah, 10 minutes. It's no big deal. Yeah. And he, he was like, yeah, welcome, welcome to kettlebells. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh it really God. doesn't seem that long. Does it at first? Like when you first think about it, it doesn't seem that long. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you know, I can go, I can do like grace or whatever for, you know, the 30 clean and jerks with 135. Like I, like I can get through that, you know, and how bad can this be? Right. Like it can't be that much worse. You got to do a couple more, but you know, you get, you almost think it's going to be easier because you got one in each hand instead of like a bar, right? I don't know why, but that's how I thought. I was like, oh, well, it's just, you know, 50 pounds in each hand, right? Like, yeah, I, that's how that I bad, thought about right? it. I was like, I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm doing 350. I'm like, I'm power cleaning 315. Like, this is nothing. You clean and jerk this up. No, no big deal. And that was true for the first two minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, oh my God. That, that third minute, right? Like, even, even now to this day, that third minute is really where you find like how that set's going to go, right? Like, I, I find, anyways, like, uh, if I got a long set, that third minute really determines whether I'm going to sink or swim for some reason. 
I don't know what it is, but I, I find I find that uh, for whatever reason, the, the mindset for me depends on the length of the set and whatever like 70 percent of the way into the set is, is always when my mind is like, yeah, we should stop now. That's cool. Yeah, I got <laughs> that. Know, like, yeah. like even if it's if I'm, if it's a 10 minute set, then minute seven is like the death minute for me. If it's a five yeah. minute set, then it's like minute three. If it's a yeah. three, three minute set, then like two minutes in one minute in my I'm like, eh. oh, you know, because wow. I'm always I'm always adjusting my pace based on the duration of the set but it's a, right. i don't know that's just a, a mindset thing for me that, that my brain is always telling regardless of what the duration is my brain is always telling me like 60 percent of the way through that i should be done yeah well I, yeah i got a light intro but i kind of came in a bit bullheaded too and i went out and i just there was no competition gyms in my area so i went out and i bought 232 because i was like oh that's the pro weight and so i'll just do just i'll do five there. and then i'll do ten and then I'll, I'll do 15 and then I'll do 20. Right. And you think you can just like build like that. Right. And obviously that's clearly the absolute wrong way to go about it. So I was like, well, this is clearly too heavy for me. So I'm going to, I ended up buying some 24s. And then the next thing you know, I was, I did uh, Val Valerie's course, uh, but it was like the kettlebell professional. So it was all online. It like, oh, okay. I, yeah. Yeah. So and we, I, we, I I got in a little bit before you. I actually I actually the first certification I did was with Catherine Himes in Bethesda, Maryland, through the World Kettlebell Club. I flew out to Bethesda to do that, and then right. and then like six months later, I brought Catherine and Valeri Fedorenko to my gym here in in the Twin Cities and had them teach uh, a course here. Oh, that's and, awesome! And it was it was great. But uh, you I mean you you know you know how Valeri is. Uh, we did the pentathlon, and this was when he was first starting to pilot the pentathlon. Right, and, right, and, uh, and we did the pentathlon at the end of, at the end of the day uh and uh i i tore up my hands in the second uh the second event which was i think the the, the clean and the clean and press uh yeah and I, I just tore the crap out of my hands because i had I, I mean my hands were already a little bit sore from from the day of training but i just tore the crap out of my hands and like i like bleeding and i just i'm like i'm like coach what do i do and he literally just slapped my hands yeah, he took my he took my raw <laughs> hand and slapped it with his with his big hand, and he just goes, "Kittlebell's teaching you a lesson that you need to improve your form." Yeah, <laughs> and laughed oh, at he... me, and, and I was like, and he just laughed at like an evil laugh, and I was like, "Okay, but what do I do right now?" He's like, "You put your gloves on, it's fine." <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> like just keep going, it's fine if you put your gloves on, but you need to work on your form. <laughs> Just, that's a great bedside manner right eh? yeah yeah just so cold he was just so cold but it was it was great i mean he was he, it was totally friendly but it was it was just like okay so i just tore the crap out of my hands and uh he's like yeah just finish but put your gloves on so yeah most people are like oh you should probably just take it easy the rest of the day and you know and he's just like oh here i'll make it hurt a little less in the bells he's gonna smack the crap out of it while it's nice and raw now Oh man. Yeah. He's a, I, I didn't really get to work with him too much. I worked with a lady named Mandy a lot and unfortunately I didn't end up finishing unfortunately because there's no gyms in my area and uh, they wanted me to train somebody. And my, my girlfriend at the time really wasn't interested in sport lifting because she got into to more like CrossFit style stuff. So yeah, it just, uh, you know, we, we both kind of went that way for a bit and then uh, she got me to meet up with uh, with Scott, my like Scott Scott Shetler actually at, at Extreme Performance Training Systems in Atlanta. Uh, his parents live 
kind of near Columbus, which is about a four hour drive from us. So I kind of wanted to get into kettlebell sport more because actually, so I was doing CrossFit because I was working at a place called L3 West Cam and what they made were uh, like targeting turrets for, for planes. And so this place, man, they, they treated you so well that they, they had an ergonomic specialist come in and measure your body, right? They measured your limbs and everything. And then they set up your desk. So it was ergonomically perfect to prevent like carpal tunnel syndrome, to prevent, you know, just any sort of sitting for prolonged period injuries. Like this is the, the way this company treated you, but the pay wasn't great. So my uncle, who is in the Iron Workers Union, sorry, I kind of got off because this is how I ended up getting back into the sport. Um, my uncle in the Iron Workers Union was like, this is what the starting wage is. You want to be an apprentice? And I was like, sure, right? So started doing that. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it through eight hours of this without some sort of like, like I can't squat 100, you know, 135, 100 times and then have the balance to walk on rebar, right? It just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, like when your legs are that sore, you have no balance. And like, uh, your balance is, is your life, right? Your, like, it might not be your life, but like when your leg falls through that crack because you don't have the balance to, to step over that big step and it's then there was that sharp right? bar. <laughs> yeah, you break your leg. That sharp bar was sticking up underneath and it cut your leg wide open, right? So I just like, there was no way I could continue doing like CrossFit stuff, right? So I thought, oh, maybe, you know, kettlebell sport, it's like a strength endurance thing, right? Which is kind of what rebar is. You're doing basically hundreds of micro deadlifts a day. You're getting in a super awkward positions. You have to do a lot of threading of bars, which is like, you have to put it at one end and then thread it like to the other side, right? And these things are 35 millimeters thick. So imagine the handle on your kettlebell, but 12 meters long, right? So like, uh, like 36, 40 feet long. And you have to feed it from one end to another with these, and it's like getting caught on everything, right? So you're just pushing, pushing. So it's a lot of awkward positions, a lot of heavy lifting. And I was like, well, sport's perfect because you don't like – yeah, your legs wear out a bit, but like you're not doing like super deep squatting for it generally, right? So, and it's going to give you that endurance to be able to do all those, you know, micro lifts every, you know, for eight hours a day. So my, my old lady's vegan and her friend, Scott Shetler, who I was talking about before, who actually ended up becoming my coach, we met him in Columbus and he's like, listen, man, you work a hard labor job, but like, I think I can get you at least a candidate for master of sport, right? So I was like, okay. He's like, you should do 10 minutes though. Cause I was only doing five minutes at the time. And I was like, Oh God, 10 minutes. Right. Like, cause I, I just, I knew that there was no way I could really train that hard, but he said I could do it. So I believed him. Well, cause and, you're, uh, you're a plow horse like me, you're yeah, a plow horse, yeah. not a quarter horse. Right. Yeah, I, that's I, right. I, had, I had the same thing. So, I was like, I was like, I'm going to stick with these five minute events. Cause they're a lot more reasonable for me. Yeah. I, li- I like them a lot more. And, and Dennis Vasilev, my was, was my coach. And he was like, no. 10 minutes, no, yeah. 10 minutes is kettlebell sport. Five That's, minutes, yeah. five minutes is not kettlebell sport. I mean, basically, yeah. basically said, you know, you're playing if you're, if you're, I mean, yeah, he's, they, he's much, he's much nicer about it than that. But he was basically like, if you're not doing 10 minutes, you're not really doing kettlebell sport. Yeah. The purest, the purest are 10 minutes. Like there's nothing right. Cause Scott was actually a, a Federenko guy. He was one of Federenko's first guys here with like, you must know like Marty Farrell, right? Yep. And Chris Duffy and all those guys. So Scott kind of did it with them. So yeah, he, he, uh, he took me on and he coached me for, for quite a while, actually, like probably 
two and a bit, three years. Like I only started competing maybe four years ago. And See, so he I've, got I've never, I've never met Scott, but I like, he's a legend. I know, you know, yeah. I know about him. I've, you know, I've, I know so many people that have worked with him or, you know, but I've actually never met Scott in person. Oh, he's a great guy. Really great guy. And he, you know, he, he actually believed in me so much that he, he gave me my programming and, you know, just did, did it for free because he, he thought I could do it. So I ended up doing my best sets for long cycle. Uh, I said, I, I looked up the Canadian record and I was like, oh, it's, it was like, I think it was 81 reps. And I was like, oh, I can beat that with 20 kilos. So I, uh, like an idiot, the night before I trained super hard for it. Then the night before my buddy's like, Hey man, uh, I, I got these tickets for the Raptors games. It's box seats. Like, do you want to come? I'm like, well, I got a competition tomorrow. I just won't drink. Right. And so of yeah, course yeah. that, that never freaking works out. Right. So and then, they're, like, and then they're like, Oh, the, the beer is included. And you're like, oh. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> like the beer's included with the ticket. Oh, shit. yeah. So I ended up getting half bagged, and uh, <laughs> and so I walk out there, right? My old lady is just fuming because, like, I've put blood, sweat, and tears into this twenty kilo set because I was like, you know, I working hard at the time, right? You know, I'm just like starting rebar, kind of not just starting, but like, you know, pretty pretty new into it and like trying to train too. And then so, and then she was just so mad because all the cramps, all the you know all the madness from bad sets, everything. Right. And it's just like, she's like, you know, you're throwing it all away for just to go, go out for one night. So I, I ended up hitting 90 in about like eight and something minutes and I put them down and oh my God, did I hear it from both of them? Because like, that's not it. Right. You know, uh, 10 minutes is it. The time. That's not it. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I heard about it from both of them for, for that one. So, but nine, I mean, 90 plus reps on, on long cycle is respectable with, with just about any weight, you know, like that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's still nine, that's <laughs> nine over nine RPMs over the, over the 10 minutes. And if you did it in eight minutes, I mean, you were, you were crushing, man. You were going 11, yeah, there's... 11 RPMs, you know, that's, that's <laughs> cruising. That's, that's getting pretty aggressive with it. So yeah. Yeah. Know, that's, and then that's, I... that's respectable. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge, I'm going to challenge your old lady and Scott on this one. Like, yeah. that's, that's still, pre- that's still a pretty respectable output, even if you didn't finish the 10 minutes, man. Yeah, I thought so too, but you know, uh, what can you do, right? But there's, you're always going to have critics. So I, but I, and I, but I understand it though, because like, it was also my fault that I didn't last the 10, you know, that was my fault. I shouldn't have done that. Right. And, and I've, I've made adjustments now. I've, I've had opportunities to party before sets now and not taking them, but like, what can you do? You know, you just, you make bad decisions. So anyways, yeah, there's that one. And then Scott kind of got not mad at me, but he just kind of said, you know, man, like if you're going to take this seriously, take it seriously kind of deal. Right. So at this point I was like a hundred and like, I think I weighed in at one Oh eight, something like that. And so I was like, okay, I better, I better buckle down. So I got down to like 98 kilo and that's when, so I was, I had moved up to 24 kilo at this point. And I was doing a WKSF competition and I think their CMS with 24 was 78 for my weight class. Uh, and so I had a set, I did an 82 and an 81. So I hit the WKSF CMS numbers in two competitions. And then uh, I hurt 
like a, my lat slash serratus, like a, like my serratus impacted in between my ribs and it like pinched my lat and a bunch of other stuff in there. And then it all up into like my subscapula and all that got kind of all tangled in there all at once. So I, I like, I took a bit of time off and then I tried to come back strong for like 10 minute sets again. Right. And I tried to come back at 28 kilo, like to, to move up again. Right. Cause I'm like, okay, eighties with 24 twice. Now I'm going to start, you know, moving up to 28 and I tried. And then, uh, before the Arnold, I got hurt a little bit and that was, so that was March, 2019. So we're getting pretty close to like, to current events. Uh, and then I kind of was just like, uh, you know, I don't know if I have, I did 70 and I won the one Oh five kilo long cycle there. Uh, with, yeah, I got 70 reps, but I got three no counts and my body was just done with, uh, like, I just couldn't do 10 minutes anymore. And like, he was giving me some really wild training sets. Like he told me about some of Fedorenko's old training sets and he was giving me stuff like before the one competition, he, he gave me a five set of five minutes on five minutes off long cycle, 24 kilo. And I was like Sing, single or double double. <laughs> and like that was the most ruthless set i've ever done it was the worst thing i've ever done i think i did i think i did seven a minute the whole time and then that was and then i i had pretty much the next week off and then that's when i had my 82 and then i did another competition really close did my 81 and then that was it like i had nothing left so i ended up actually trying to get out of rebar and uh i don't know if this is okay to talk about but anyways i had another job offer and i uh I ended up feeling a drug test for weed. And uh, is that cool if we get into this? No, ju- yeah, no judgment yeah. here, man. And, okay, and, cool. And, 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 and you're in Canada, so it's, yeah, it's, it's legal. legal there. Yeah. So, yeah, Which is funny, no right? Ju- no judgment here, man. Like, I'm, so, I'm all about, I'm all about yeah. activating the parasympathetic system by any means necessary after, okay. after so, you've been training hard. So. Yeah. So what ended up happening was I do have, like, a legitimate medical prescription for it because we get um, – uh, through our benefits, right? Through my like work benefits, we get um, tax write-ups and stuff if you have your medical card. So mine wasn't through my family doctor though. So I actually ended up quitting rebar and because I thought I had this job, right? It was a pretty cushy job for a railway. I would have been like a management deal, like truck and everything. So unfortunately what happened was the the guy who did the testing didn't like that it wasn't from my family doctor. It was from like a, a clinic, right? But these clinics are still legitimate, like that you get your patient number. It's all legitimate. It's just he didn't like that. Right. And his say is the final say. Wow. He says, yeah. He sends it in as a positive or negative drug test. Dr. Luco, I'll never forget this guy because he screwed me. But anyway, so that was my ticket out of rebar. And so what ended up happening was I was like, you know what? I want to really make him run a master sport. I've already kind of gotten out of the trade for a bit. And my old lady's parents were actually nice enough to let us stay there. And, uh, so we ended up renting our condo out and then we stayed with her parents for a bit. So I could just pretty much train. And that's what I did. And I did that competition in New Brunswick in September of last year. And I just did 20 kilo biathlon cause it was my first biathlon. And, uh, that I got to spend the whole weekend with, uh, Denisov there, which really changed pretty much everything about like my lifting because, I was lucky enough that uh, I stayed with Kim and Mike Eagles of the Platform Kettlebell Club in uh, Moncton, New Brunswick. Amazing people. I got to give them a shout out because they are 
they opened their house to like a bunch of us. Uh, Denisov was staying there too. So I literally got to like talk to him the whole weekend. It was really neat, man. It was cool to hear talk. Like he, he was telling me about like his time with like uh, Klokov, with uh, Misha Klokayev, like the strong man. Um, and just some really cool stories about competing and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he just said to me, I think, like, I got down to 98 kilos, and then I went back up to 108. So, yeah, the struggle's real, man, and trying to, like, you know, trying to keep it off, right? So so let's, like, get, it, let's get into that a little bit, because I first I got I to gotta give you and your old lady a shout-out for the best fucking Instagram handles out there. Uh, so, <laughs> so for people that don't know, Cam on Instagram is fatbellyrack. Uh, which the first time the first time I saw one of his videos on Instagram, I was like, "Fat Belly Rack, I have to be friends with this guy yeah. because this." I was like, "This, I wish I had this Instagram handle." And then his wife's handle is Kettlebell and Donuts, and, yeah. and, and I I love those I love those handles. Uh, but yeah. you you've been you've been really uh, you've been really slimming down. I mean, you've been really focused over the last what like nine months. Yeah, you, yeah. So we ended up dropped happening. a lot of weight. Yeah. So I, you know, I went from 98. So I had all those good sets. I went from 98 and then I ended up hurting myself. I quit rebar and I went back up to 108, man. And it was like, oh, you know, here we are again. Like I'm getting close. Like I was like, so I'll talk pounds, I guess I should probably talk pounds. Anyways, I was up to almost like 242. Right. So again, getting close to 245, getting back up to 250. You know, you're a stone's throw away from 280 again, right? You're like, oh, how, where, how, where did this come from? How did this happen, you know? And uh, I thought that maybe I was putting on good weight and it was going to help my lifting. And I really just, I think I was just deluding myself. And then when I had that weekend with Denisov, um, uh, he, he was just like, listen, man, like you're going to be so much more comfortable if you lose some weight, pretty much is what he said. He was just like, your rack position is terrible. He's like, your conditioning is not great. He's like, your technique's okay. He's like, but you fix this stuff, you lose some weight. He's like, you can be really good at this, right? So that kind of lit a fire under me to be like, okay, I need to, uh, I need to do something. And actually, sorry, just before I forget, back to that Instagram handle. You know where that came from? I was looking at belts on Lab of Champions website. Yeah. And on his website, it says. Um, for yeah, massive athletes, you can the tighten the belt. Yeah, yeah, creating the fat belly rack. So that's where I, uh, <laughs> Arsony, I, I stole it from your website. Uh, so, shout out yeah. to, to Arsony. Yeah. One of the best uh, belt and shoemakers out there. Uh, yeah. So anyways, yeah. yeah. Give, said, give, you know, giving, us, giving us massive athletes something to something to brag about with yeah, that yeah. fat belly racks. <laughs> <laughs> just so honest, eh? Like, there's just no... There's no filter really, right? It's just the most honest, like uh, those guys, all of them, right? They're they're just there's such honesty there, and I, oh, I guess I should mention I did do Sergey Rudnev's course as well too after Canadian Nationals, but I was, you know, I was 108 kilo then too, and like I died doing his course, man, because he's very fitness oriented, right? Like yeah. it's very yeah. like, uh, you know, snatch lunge, snatch like, snatch lunge push up, dragon tail roll up, you know, like big combinations, long, like body weight stuff or like kettlebell stuff. So yeah. And then when, when Denisov told me like, you know, you're going to be better off losing some weight. I was like, okay. And you know, again, Cheryl was into it and like, you know, you go through those plateaus, right. It, it happens where you're in it to win it and then you're not, and then you're in it to win it and you're not. So we just bought uh, the RP strength diet template. We were just like, you know what, let's buy the template. 
and we'll eat what it says. The, the Renaissance periodization. Yeah, yeah. RP so performance. They had, yep. Yeah, they had the, the vegan template. So we ended up buying that. And then, uh, so she, but like, pretty much all they do, because like, to, to get to where I was, I was like, while working a physical job. So I got back into rebar, but I was eating like a bag of chips a night, like big bag of chips, and like a decent sized bag of candy too, right? So, you know, you just, you justify it because you say you work hard and at work and in the gym. But in reality, when you start replacing those calories, which is pretty much what RP strength does, right? Like the Renaissance, they basically replace the calories you're eating with um, calories from like vegetables and stuff, right? Yeah. So, so like, so I, I ended up familiar, being... like it, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, well-researched and it's Dr. Mike Isretel, right. Is the guy yeah. behind the yeah. RP uh, periodization. And I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, and, and I've, I've like, I've, I've done some of his stuff. I like a lot of the stuff that he does. And, and essentially what they do, their approach is protein. <laughs> you start with, you start with protein and it's based on your body weight and you're going to start with protein. And then fat is, is essentially going to stay stable because you need a certain level of fat for hormone regulation. And beyond that, it's just extra calories. So they, they basically based on your body weight, you're going to take a certain gram, certain number, number of grams of protein a day. You're going to take in a certain number of grams of fat every day. And then everything else is carb cycling based on your activity level. So if you're doing jack shit that day, you might get 50 grams of carbohydrates, but if you're working hard and you're going to do a two hour session, they'll give you 300 grams of carbohydrates, right? And it, it, it automatically carb cycles for you. And they tell you when to eat what, and, you know, based on when you eat your, or when you plan on eating, how many times a day you plan on eating, when do you plan on training? So they talk about pre intra and post uh, workout carbohydrates. So carbs are for performance. Um, it's a, it's a very intricate system. System. And it, for people that are really anal and really detail oriented, it works really, really well. It's very science based. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a really strong approach. And, and they also have a, like a minimum threshold of, I think nine, I think nine servings of vegetables a day is like their low end threshold. And then they try and <laughs> incrementally increase you to like 12 plus servings of vegetables a day, you know? So people oh. are like, how, how the hell do I get that? And like, you, you get on their, you get on their Facebook group and you've got people like, Oh, you put crystal light and three cups of spinach into a blender with two cups of water and blend. And that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's and that's how I get three of my servings of vegetables. You know? so yeah, like, people exactly. are literally just like trying to, to, to force vegetables into their system. But, but from a nutrition standpoint, it makes sense, right? Cause they're, they're trying to, to get your macros right first and foremost. Get your, well, get your calories right first and foremost, then get your macros right. And then they're right. also saying, oh, by the way, to do that, um, you also need to get your micros right. And so you don't even track your, your vegetables as calories, but you have to track your servings. Yeah, uh, so and don't forget the timing's important too. Uh, yeah, you got to drink a third of your protein drink before your workout. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the last two thirds after, plus your, you know, cup of orange juice or whatever you're supposed to drink as well. It's, it was, yeah, you gave a really apt description of it there, which was uh, detail oriented, and it yeah. is, it does get a little wearing to try and follow. Yeah, well, and if you, for people that are super anal, it's great, you know. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. if you, and if you, the thing I give you know Israel a ton of credit for is if you ask why on anything, he's got oh, yeah. very well reasoned scientific you know, and he's got the yeah. research to back it up. He'll send you the fucking links. Like everything is well-researched and based on peer reviewed science. And there's no bullshit in it. He's not yeah. telling you that you have to do fasted cardio because he's like, 
yeah, you, you, if you want to do fasted cardio, great, but there's, it may or may not benefit you. The, 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 the research isn't clear, but the research is pretty, pretty clear on how much protein you need. So this is how much protein you need, and this is when you need it. And like any, anything that is really backed by science, he doesn't back off on. He's like, no, this is how you do it. <laughs> you know, yeah, if yeah, you're serious exactly. about maximum performance, this is the right way to do it. If you want to do it less intense than that, fine. Just understand you're not going to get the best out of your body. And that's, well, that's, that's just it, you know, right? So we ended up doing the app too. We ended up getting onto the app just because we found the template to be so difficult to follow. Yeah. So like you have the app, it sends you your reminders, but then it gets to the point where like your adherence, like you're, you're stuffing this stuff down your face. Cause you're like, I was 250 pounds. Right. So, well, not 250, but close to it. So like just a nice round number, but you know, you're like, Oh man, like, they're trying to get you to 246 right so they're they're keeping you at these calories but the way you're getting them is because you're stuffing down like you said okay there's crystal light and three cups of spinach and then i just ate that whole bag of 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 uh sliced peppers there and then now i gotta you know and then your grocery bills out out like out of control too right like especially when you're you're that heavy and then once you start leaning out a bit it starts like you're you stop having to eat so much grammage there's just so many grams of everything yeah the volume you know? the, the volume is crazy and that's oh why, man and, and i feel so i feel food. bad for the people that that like they start on it and they're like well the only vegetable i like really is broccoli so i've been trying to get all this broccoli in, and you're like oh my god you're trying to yeah. eat 12 servings of broccoli a day yeah. i feel terrible for your spouse I feel terrible for your toilet like you need to get some lower fiber yeah. vegetables in if you're going to eat 12 servings a day like you know a couple servings from broccoli is fine but good god if you're if you're yeah, doing exactly. it all you're doing it all from so. cruciferous vegetables i feel bad for you but uh yeah so, so like, what's so what's worked well for you you know i mean rp is great and i like i'm i'm not yeah. bag, i'm not bagging on rp at all no like, no a, no it is not awesome, at all awesome system for people that are serious about performance but like you said one of the challenges is adherence so what's worked well for you from an adherence standpoint like what have you been able um, to stick to what's been the what's been the thing because you've been doing it now for over a year you know yeah pretty, pretty yeah, consistently pretty with 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 ups and downs like we all have but what's what's worked well for you uh just honestly getting out of the routine of snacking snacking kills you and i actually stopped drinking quite as much too um i i I don't booze like i'm not a booze hound or anything but you know on the weekend i'd you know for sure have six right and uh so i kind of stopped doing that and uh definitely uh having cheryl as well being like really into it because she's working with a coach online now from London, Ontario, which is another town. Uh, her coach is Lacey from Oldies Village Fitness in London, Ontario. And she started Shout working out. with her. Yeah, yeah, they're great people. Like uh, Sarah, uh, Cheryl and Sarah actually worked together at a store a long, long time ago. And then Sarah opened this gym and it is a gigantic facility. Like I, I want to say her new gym is 12,000 square feet. Wow. and uh yeah yeah it's really awesome she's a, her community is great there she she lets us you know any open gym if we want to drop in and film some videos there just because it looks way cooler than a freaking bedroom you know she always she's always been super sweet and so yeah she, I, I uh we got Cheryl a coach from there just to and she uh leaves it really open-ended for Cheryl and uh Cheryl kind of does my meals too and and we've just been 
learning how to eat right, you know, and then it's getting into the so habit. Have you gone, then, so have you gone vegan with you, with your wife or is it like, how does that, how does that work with your wife being vegan and you being I eat, I eat a vegetarian vegan? diet. Yeah, okay. I eat a vegetarian diet. So I, I only eat like, uh, the only things that are vegan that I eat are like cheese, yogurt, and eggs. Okay. And then other than that, I pretty much think like I'll eat, I eat tons of tofu. I eat tons of tempeh, which is like a compressed soybean. Um, well, I'm taking down your animal protein then. So I'm carrying your water <laughs> there. Yeah, you know, it, it is great for variety. But for me, it just doesn't. Uh, that was one of the things that actually really melted the weight off for me because um, I didn't grow up eating a lot of really good meats, right? Like I, I grew up, my mom was a teacher, my dad was a teacher, uh, always really busy, either market at home kind of stuff. So like, and it was at the time when, you know, I, this is basically when they were saying, hey, fat's terrible for you, sugar isn't that bad, right? Uh, and I think my mom just kind of, you know, I think everybody believed it at the time, but I just wasn't getting good quality yeah. meat. So that's what I grew that up. makes you fat, right? That was a simple, right. you know, it was, yeah. a, it was a simple concept to understand. Yeah. So I, you know, but I did grow up eating like all that, like kind of processed stuff. So like my meats that I enjoyed were like chicken nuggets and I really liked like pepperettes and, uh, like, you know, a, a steak to me wasn't like a thing, right. Cause we never had it at home. So like even like you know the the cold cuts I got weren't weren't the greatest things in the world right so yeah see my my family comes from the cattle industry and like my right. my family was in the in the slaughterhouses and my grandfather was a cattle trader and you know so so you know my my dad to this day like my my brother and I have become our father's sons you know like we, right. we go we go to the grocery store and we're like oh the the steaks on sale it's buy one get one fifty percent off so we got to stock up and load it yeah in, yeah load it in the freezer, you got the so. chest freezer down stairs and yeah absolutely buy your half cow sometimes and i i do actually i buy i buy a local grass-fed half side of beef you know a couple times a year and i i hunt so i've got a a freezer full of venison and you know but uh, (laughs) and you know i don't eat i don't eat as much meat as i used to because i'm trying to you know decrease my environmental impact but uh you know i i could probably i could probably take some tips from from you and from you and cheryl on on how to on how to eat more more vegetarian and and vegan because i think it's uh it's it's definitely something my wife has talked about going vegetarian and and it's definitely something i'm 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 not going to go vegetarian i i I, i'm just being realistic with myself but i am trying to decrease my my carbon footprint by eating less less meat you could always do like a day every other week right where you do like a vegetarian day yeah just do it like once every two weeks and then it's not like a big thing Right. I did, it, I did then, it for a month in college, my freshman year, just to prove I could because somebody yeah. said that I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I lost Ooh. like I lost like ten pounds the first the first two weeks, and then I realized that cheese pizza was vegetarian. And then, oh yeah, you know, then I realized you know I realized it. all these all these other all these other things that were crap food were also vegetarian. Yeah. But that, that doesn't it's mean learning how to eat you. though. I didn't learn how to eat as a young youngster. You know, I really didn't learn like this is what your plate should look like. And then when I go to my friend's houses that did, I was like, Oh, this is terrible. You know, as a kid, you don't know. Yeah. Do you, you, don't did you, do you have siblings? Yeah. Yeah. I have one sister. She's uh, four years older than me. Did, and she, she, is did, actually she, also give, did she ever give you a hard time about, about being a being a chubby kid or were, or was it uh, mostly amicable growing up? Oh, no, no, I actually, my old man, uh, when I was a kid, I got teased like, cause I had asthma and, um, I had glasses and stuff and I was overweight and, but my dad at a really young age and this wouldn't fly these days, but like when I was young, I came home crying one day and my dad was like, what's wrong? And I was like, the kids are being mean to me. Right. 
well, you know, the, the same old sob story that every kid gives his dad. I think it happens to every kid in their life. And he said, hey, you know, the teacher's going to tell you that words don't hurt, but words hurt. And he said, if anybody ever touches you, touch them back twice as hard, right? So yeah. you don't I, start fights, I, you finish them, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I remember one kid pushed me and I, I shoved him into a fence. And then the next thing you know, nobody was ever mean to me again. You know, it just, it just kind of – and then eventually – you know, you just, you just get less and less scared of that thing. Like when, when you're a kid, you're so scared that something's going to happen. Oh, I'm going to push this kid and nobody's going to like me anymore. Right. But my old man was like, if you let that kid push you, like you're never going to live it down, you know, like they're just going to push you further every time. So I was lucky in that sense, for sure that he, he definitely was like, don't let anything like that happen. Cause I think he do, you know, like you look like a nerd son. <laughs> right you look like a chubby nerd you're gonna get picked on so you better learn right to either defend yourself or get out of the way right so but yeah so that's kind of up till now that's kind of been the struggle and right now i i just really staying staying disciplined has been where how i've gotten like i'm, I'm weighing in at like 88 right now kg so like 185 ish i think that would be roughly yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, but the problem let's, is let's, now let's, there's all these killers, right? For for kettlebell sport, 85 kg, right? Yeah. Get destroyed. I was happy at 105 because I, you know, that's, I was happy, where, but I was still okay. That's where I'm. That's where I'm trying to get to, man. Like I'm, yeah, I'm in, yeah. I'm in, Den- I'm in Denisaw's weight class right now. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, I'm thank like, you. I just, I got to get away from that monster. I got to get down. I got to get down. I got to be able to live in the 105, but not go all the way down to 95 or 85 because there's, right. all, these, there's all these slayers down there. Too. Unbelievable. Right. So yeah. But right now I'm only doing five minute events. Cause I've kind of, kind of given up on the 10 minute stuff. I'm a little too hurt nowadays. Um, and Cheryl's Cheryl's doing really well. Uh, she hurt her foot actually really badly. She had yeah. terrible plantar fasciitis. So yeah, you we, went to the we posted States, on, we, we posted online a little bit. Of, you posted online yeah. about that a little bit. And I interacted with you guys a little bit about that, you know, cause like she's, she's doing essentially a push press style. Uh, yeah. Jerk so it's like a no foot jerk, right? Yeah, she's keeping, she's keeping, she's doing double extension rather than triple yeah. extension to, to, to decrease that impact uh, on her foot and ankle. Right. You know, she's not, she's not yeah. dorsiflexing at the ankle and then absorbing that force on the way down. And, uh, you know, she's, she's getting that, she's getting that knee and hip extension pretty, uh, pretty aggressive, especially at the knee. So the, the quads well, I hope are, one day, one day we can get her back. Yeah. One day we can get her back to those big, to, to the raising her heels, but she had a uh, platelet rich plasma injected into her heel, but before oh, COVID. Right. Yeah. And then, so it, w- it was great. It did wonders for, her, but we haven't been able to get back. The doctor said she'll probably need uh two or three treatments. Cause we do have like, we do have healthcare here, like free healthcare, but you got to go like? see. You, well, you have to go and see, like for what she got done in the States where we just went, you know, you go, you pay and they see you and that's it, right? You walk in, you have an appointment, they give you your espresso. It's delicious, right? It's made in the 3000, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, dollar espresso machine. For us, she's got to go to a consultation with her family doctor. 
Then she oh, needs think, to go. I think you, I think you have. Right? I think you have this wrong. Uh, first, first you first you go to your to your general practitioner who charges right. yeah. who charge who charges you who then yeah. refer, who then refers you to somebody else who also right. charges you who then refers you to the specialist. <laughs> who, right, which is all then you get the, the province, right? So, so then, so then, you, well, this is no, this is how it works here. Oh, too. for like, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's they've they've figured out how to maximize the profit, man. Like uh, it's it's pretty crazy. I've I've had a few I've had a few procedures done in the last. Uh, uh, at the end of last year, I was, I, you know, I had, I had to have my, my septum fixed and my tonsils removed because I, even, right. I, I wasn't, I, I was getting sleep apnea, even though I was at a relatively healthy, healthy body fat percentage and, you know, right. te- technically still obese by the BMI, but that's a metric for populations, not for individuals. Right. Yeah. I was at, I was at tw- you know, I was at like 25, 22% body fat, depending on, you know, the, the methodology. So I was relatively fit and like, like, brought me in for a sleep study and they're like oh yeah it's you have tonsil stones that's what's causing the problem so they're like oh we need to take those out oh by the way you also can't breathe out of one nostril do you want us to fix that while you're in there like yeah "Yeah, sure but i had i had to go through like three levels of i had to go through three levels of referrals before i could actually get cleared for the procedure and right and they charge you know you get charged for all of those for for every one of those visits so they've you know, the, it, yeah, so we, we did pay for a consultation. Hurdles to, yeah, hurdles to clear. <laughs> yeah, we did have to pay for a consultation for her first and then the treatment. But uh, for it would have literally taken three years to get done here. What we got booked in a week there, right? So oh, wow. because yeah, they that's... not only are they they booking all these different consultation appointments, but you got to remember, yeah, your consultation appointments you have all of them, right? But they're all pretty close. Yeah, Plus, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're a year, right? And because she's young, they don't want to operate. Yeah. So, like, you're waiting a year for your next consultation, then a year for your next consultation, oh, wow. and then yeah, you that's... finally get to see the next guy. So it's three years down the road that you're in pain for, right? So yeah, and I was, luckily, I was pissed that I had a six-week wake. But, but right, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So it's, you know, it is uh, – we just ended up doing it in the States, and we're lucky enough that we were able to do that, but, you know, like not – not everybody has that, right? So people wait years for surgeries yeah. here, especially if you're young, because they don't want to, right? They don't want to replace your knee because in six years, they're going to have to do it again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they're going to have well, to pay for that, right? So the province is. If I may, if I may give a shout out to another person, I will, I will say, I, and I can connect you with him. My, my guy, Sean, uh, here in the Twin Cities is a, is a movement therapist who's all about foot and ankle mechanics. And he has helped me a ton. I had a really, I had a really bad right ankle and really bad foot uh, that, yeah. that just couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't, uh, supinate on that ankle. I, I, uh, all sorts of issues and it was causing upstream issues. And, and, uh, I've been working with him for like a year and a half and he, he really helped me a lot. And I started getting into, you know, barefoot training and, and strengthening my, my feet and restoring the yeah. toes and all that stuff. It has oh, made so su- su- such a huge difference for me. So I, I would, I would recommend oh, Sean, Sean, he's a, he's a great movement therapist and, and I've got a few other resources. I'll connect with you off the podcast. Yeah, about, for sure. For sure. Some, some foot and ankle stuff that's helped me a lot that I, you know, I would, if, if, Cheryl, said, if Cheryl could get back to doing, to doing full on jerks, gosh, she's going to be a freaking beast with that. Oh, like, that's what I, start, that's what I said. I said start, the same thing. You start bringing the calves back into yeah. it after she's been training without them for, you know, six months to Forever. get the yeah. Once they get out of her foot. Like, oh my God. She's Once they're conditioned. People. Oh yeah. And the foot's just the worst thing to recover. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. My wife gets plantar fasciitis too. It's, yeah. it's hard. Cause she's, my wife's, you know, working in the ER and she gets, you know, oh, 30,000 30, steps in a night and you yeah. know, comes home and she's like, oh, oh, my, just, feet, my feet are killing me. I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. 
understaffed all the time i'm sure so lifting heavier stuff than she probably should be and uh, just totally exhausted i'm sure it's, they're, it's they're, crazy oh man i, I don't envy um, speaking of wives i, I have stuff. i have to ask you how did you get how did you get your wife into kettlebell sport because i i uh, i'm, well, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying but i can't <laughs> oh she took me to that class and then i got oh, her so into she got it. you into it yeah but then she didn't want to do it anymore and then that's when i was doing the federanko course so she actually ended up starting it because we moved into a condo together and I just, the one bedroom, I was like, I'm going to lift weights in here because I don't want to go to the, like, I don't want to have to drive to the gym when I'm dead tired after, you know, eight hours, 10 hours of rebar. Like there was a point I was doing 10 hour days of rebar coming home and training uh, because I had a competition coming up. So it was like, you know, 12 hours of physicality a day. I was like, I'm just not going to the gym and no gyms have sport bells here in my town so i was bringing my bells to the gym just to work out at a gym uh, yeah, no so way. yeah i was just done with that <laughs> i can't say it sure. there, brother. not at all no not so all. maybe one day i'll be able to open one up here but i gotta put my shekels away for that for sure yeah i hear you Oh, well, man, man I want a... I want to be respectful of your time, and I got my I got to get my kids uh, yeah, outside yeah, for, for a bonfire. Sure, I promise. It was them, a pleasure. We do s'mores tonight, so we're gonna get. Yeah, the enjoy, man. Enjoy. It Thank was a pleasure, so much though, for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, very, yeah. Very I hope uh, I hope it was what you were looking for, my friend. And I uh, really appreciate what you're doing and getting the word out there about the sport. It's really helping. Like I said, I'm an asthmatic. It's been one of the greatest things to learn how to breathe under stress for me as an asthmatic. So that's just one last point I wanted to make because it's definitely changed my breathing and my life in terms of that ailment that I carry around with me every day. Yeah. It's taught me how to avoid, you know, those panic attacks when, cause you know, when you're in that rack, you want to panic and you keep it cool. That's, you can that's do a, anything, that, right? I'm actually you really glad anything. you said that my, my son, my son, you know, my son's four and he was diagnosed with, with asthma as well. And yeah. so I'm, you know, he, and he, the funny thing is he watches me and he loves the kettlebells and he's got his own little kettlebells as does my daughter, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get him under the bells, you know, it's going to save his life. Man, young, so I, that's, yeah, it that's, will. I didn't Learning think, I didn't think about that. Stress, Learning to breathe man. under stress. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And once you do it, you can avoid your blue inhaler, avoid that Ventolin as much as possible because that's the you know take your controller if you got to but that blue puffer is the thing that you want to avoid as much as possible and learning to breathe in the rack and under stress like that has been the greatest thing that that's happened to me in terms of my health and benefits from kettlebell sports so i just want to get that in there before we sign off i know you got to get out there enjoying those sports enjoy that fire my friend i will man i will we'll and, talk and, soon, uh, hopefully. And, and like like i mentioned like i mentioned on the gram i think you you officially have to change your handle now to former fat belly rack yeah uh, i gotta think of a good new one i gotta think of a good new one I'll, i i like to be a bit funny with them so i'm gonna yeah, i'll yeah. try to I got a new mustache that looks kind of like Elmer Fudd, maybe something like that, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, buddy. I look forward to the reveal, man. Thanks, Cam. I really yeah, yeah. appreciate Sounds you joining good, me, man. Later, Jordan. Take it easy, man. Thanks. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Kundi Wright. If you have a question, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, on Twitter at TCKB Club, online at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com, and please help us grow our reach and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.